Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back for our second episode of the Real Steamy Podcast. I'm your host, Jarvez Hall, director of the East Metro Steam Partnership, always making sure that we keep it real steamy out here. When we say steamy, we're talking about science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. We are very excited today. We have a very, very, very special guest. We are bringing in somebody who I know personally, uh, the co-founder and executive director of Building Blocks to Success. We are happy to have with us the one, the illustrious Antonio Jackson. Everybody give a big round of applause for Antonio Jackson coming in. We are excited to have you here. Uh, Normally, a lot of people don't know is, uh, and I call him Brother Jackson because he is not only the the co-founder and executive director of Building Blocks to Success, and we're going to talk a lot more about that uh, here over over the next few moments, Uh, but he is also one of the illustrious members of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated from Death Alley Delta Alpha Chapter we have to welcome Antonio Jackson. Welcome, brother. We appreciate you doing the show with us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And wow, uh, thank you for that introduction. I was uh, pretty- well, 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 you know, normally I'm supposed to do our, you know, little, so here's the brother Jackson, brother Jackson. <laughs> you know, you know, if we, especially if we had, uh, especially if we had Keith Dempsey on, uh, he, would, he would definitely be singing the song. You know how that. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. but thank you so much for doing the show. I'm really e- excited to have you here, uh, talk about building blocks to success, uh, and then talk about your career path because you did you did something a little different in your in your career. Uh, you you made you you made a big career change mm-hmm. when, uh, especially at a time when maybe uh, the a lot of people weren't thinking about doing those kind of career changes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's that's really interesting for a lot of people to talk about. But uh, but but first, let's talk about building blocks to success. Let's let people know what it is and what you're doing. And, and we'll talk a little bit about how you're handling the, the pandemic and stuff. But but tell us a little bit about building blocks. OK, well, building blocks is uh, an organization that we created uh, back in 2008 and. It was really it really started just by getting kids within our our church that we attended at the time, Bethel AME Church, um, into the the fields of science, technology, engineering and math. And when we started, it was only a handful of kids and, you know, they were interested and we had some of the church members who were interested in getting involved. So we started doing small activities um that the kids enjoyed and then over time it's just grown to not just those kids but kids throughout uh, the portland metropolitan area and throughout the state of oregon um, using stem as our platform to inspire and motivate youth so over the years we've just grown through word of mouth we've grown uh because more and more kids are taking an interest in this, uh, even though um, it's not reflective in the workforce of uh, that uh, the kids that the demographics that we focus on are uh, specifically kids of color. Um, We're looking at getting exposure to black and brown kids in these areas because in the workforce, it's it's, um, not representative of uh, those minorities that are in these career fields. Yeah. And uh, this is the bit I want to one, I'm going to make sure to plug the website, bb2s, the number two, s.org. Uh, yes. So so if people are listening to this and want some more information, you definitely want to make sure you take down the website, bb2s.org. And it's interesting what you have on the site where it says what, what you aim to do and how you aim to inspire. Uh, you say, uh, BB2S, Ben and Blocks to Success, aims to inspire youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics 
BB2 has focuses on serving all youth, but specifically those identified mm-hmm. as underserved and underrepresented and form and form lower uh, economic statuses. Uh, what mm-hmm. what I what I find really interesting about your program, and I have to say full disclosure, my my kids are involved in the program. Yes, and, they I, are. and I believe that so much. I have my kids. We'll talk a little bit later. Uh, especially what you what you've done for for my son, which is which is fantastic. Uh, but you guys have an interesting model in that uh, it's it's not just that you're working with the kids, but you 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 have coaches uh, who are other professionals out in the community and in the field, and you also bring in speakers uh, who do uh, various STEM related jobs to talk with the kids. I believe you have someone from. From NASA before, you had someone from from Intel, mm-hmm. and so and if you talk about that a little bit and, and and getting these professionals to work with these with these young people. Yes, well, I think it's very important um, through uh, my experience in the business sector. Uh, so prior to uh, moving into this field, I was in the corporate life for almost fifteen years. So over that time, I built a number of relationships with. Uh, many uh, businesses and organizations around. So right now I'm, I'm tapping into those resources and seeking people and, and companies that want to support this uh, type of um, this type of movement. So um, what we try to do is really uh, bring in and connect the business sector to the work that we're doing. Uh, and we see that it's, it's, it's very important because the things that the kids are learning in the classroom, um, we show them what it looks like in day-to-day jobs. So, so we're we're connecting those dots, helping kids understand that when you're problem solving, when you're being a critical thinker, when you're being an analytical thinker, um, that's what people do in their day-to-day jobs, and specifically in STEM careers where uh, they have to be more analytical and more technical. Um, And by building those foundations for our kids, uh, our hope and desire is that, yes, we want them to, we would love for them to get into uh, pursuing STEM careers, but if they don't, they still are on a trajectory that is going in a positive direction because they have a strong foundation. Um, And that foundation, uh, also includes math and science, uh, which is highly important for uh, success in their in their coming academic years. All right, thank you, thank you for speaking to that. Now, now one of the reasons why it's called building blocks is because the uh, the the seminal program that uh, your organization. Uh, runs is the is the Lego Robotics program, mm-hmm. and uh, you're you're affiliated with uh, with ORTOP, the Oregon Robotics Tournament and Outreach Program, mm-hmm. and it's also connected with the the first Lego League and uh, the first Lego League Junior that are national uh, programs organized by First, which is for inspiration and recognition in science and technology. So you're connected to that statewide, and you're uh, I, I believe one of the uh, only teams that is uh, uh, there, there. There are other diverse teams, but I think uh, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be wrong. Uh, but but the building blocks teams are the only teams in these tournaments that are mostly African American youth. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Yes. So um, what we've seen over the years, and I've been doing this uh, for over a decade is that uh, there's not much representation of black and brown kids. And when we're going to tournaments, a lot of time it's, it's only us and the, the kids, the uh, black and brown kids that are participating are from our teams, uh, which is unfortunate, but it's also an opportunity because what I hear from a lot of families is, well, we didn't know. I didn't know that they had these type of things, these type of activities. So what we're trying to do is create uh, exposure and access and opportunity to these type of things that in other communities um, is more prevalent and they're more aware of. So the younger we can start with our kids and them understanding that, uh, you know, science uh, fairs and 
and robotics tournaments and and all these other related uh, activities are available, then uh, hopefully we start changing that. But uh, unfortunate thing is over the years, there just really hasn't been um, many uh, teams outside of ours that are representative of uh, the diversity that we uh, sh show within our program. Um, when we look at the number of kids that are in our program, about 70, 75% of our students are kids of color. And of those, uh, and also 30% uh, are girls. So uh, those are areas that are highly underrepresented in the workforce, uh, in these uh, career fields. So what we're trying to do is plant that seed early on that, uh, the, that you can do it, that um, there's, we have coaches that look like them. And I think that's really important because when you're not, when you don't see people that look like you uh, doing the things that you want to do, then it's hard for you to picture yourself actually doing it. So, uh, going back to the business community, like you were saying, that connection with the business community, um, uh, we, we try, uh, very hard to uh, have representation from, uh, from people that look like the kids and families that we work with because it inspires them to continue to keep going. Uh, and we develop uh, relationships with our kids. Uh, and it's more like a family to where uh, it's not like a, just a teacher just teaching a class, but it's more um, how can we help you in your career trajectory or in your educational pursuits as you move forward um, by connecting them with people that are mentors, that continue to be mentors over the years and continue to impact the lives of our youth uh, going forward. Yes, and, and, and you have kids all the way as low as, as kindergarten, uh, all the way up through, do you have high school still? Well, or, or, are there, or is it upper middle school? Yeah, we don't officially have a high school program. Um, we go from ages four to 14 years old. So uh, it's upper middle school right before high school. But many of our students now have gone on to high school, gone on to college, doing uh, career fields in STEM. We have a number of kids that are uh, in college right now uh, pursuing engineering degrees, pursuing computer science degrees. So um, we feel that that early exposure really helped to change the trajectory of their lives by showing them that there's more, you can be more than an athlete or entertainer. That's one of our, our models that we try to, um, try to communicate on a regular basis is that success is not just saying, well, I made it because I'm a professional basketball player or a professional football player, but success is getting into a, a career or having a job that you can be, that can be sustainable and that you can support your family with. Uh, that's what success is. And uh, we try to help our kids understand that not everybody's going to be uh, professional in, in, in sports. And actually the statistics show that 1% uh, people actually go professional uh, as a uh, 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 entertainer or someone uh, or as an athlete. So if less than 1%, that, that's pretty low. So we want to be able to show kids that there's other opportunities out there and you can only do that by exposure. And that's what we try to do. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that, 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 that misinterpret some of this stuff, especially when we talk about STEM and STEAM, uh, they, they, they think that that is the only thing that, that people can do. One, you know, I believe that STEM and STEAM is a piece of everything that we're doing. Mm -hmm. But uh, sometimes when, when, when they hear us uh, talking about, uh, you know, pushing college and pushing some other things, they think that's the, the only way to go. But I see it, and, and I think we've had conversations on this before, is that there's, there's nothing wrong with people being uh, a musician or, or an artist or oh, a... No. Uh, or, or yeah. any of those fields, uh, but often, sometimes people are only pursuing those fields because they don't feel they don't see themselves represented in other fields. So it's, hey, I have to be a rapper because nobody exposed me to what being an audio engineer is. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I have to be a basketball player because nobody exposed me to sports medicine. And, and, and that piece of it. 
And so I think it's really important that we're that we're exposing kids to these different things so that they know, hey, what what's what's that? I didn't know that that was possible. I didn't know that, hey, I got to take this science class and now I can know about uh, about sending rockets to the moon. Because I think uh, mm-hmm. what was the uh, one of your sessions? It was around the moon. Uh, it was a lunar mission, wasn't it? As, as part yes. of the, the Lego piece. It was about space. It was about space. Yes. It was, uh, last, uh, two years ago, it was about space. And uh, the kids were doing research projects on space and understanding if they were, create, be, uh, were able to create something in the atmosphere, what would it be? So each year, uh, the, uh, the whole FIRST program, it's a global organization, and it, it has a challenge that uh, it's a real world challenge that the kids are faced with. And we work with our students to try to help them understand uh, how they can be involved even at, at a young age, because kids don't um, have uh, any filters on their thinking. They, they just say, well, if this is how it is, this is how I'm thinking and this is how it should be. And as we get older, that's when we start putting limits on ourselves. So we try not to uh, have, uh, try to uh, encourage our kids not to have any limits. So they come up with really these wild ideas. And some of those wild ideas, we've looked back at some of the challenges five, uh, 10 years ago. And it's like, wow, some of the, th- the things that the kids were thinking back then is are actually uh, happening now. Like, uh, for example, we've been through a pandemic and uh, schools were shut down and we had to change to virtual learning. A few years ago, that was one of our challenges, uh, trying to what does the classroom look like um, in the future? And many kids came up with these virtual learning ideas that we weren't even thinking about in, in before, but now it's actually happened where we had to uh, adjust and, and really come up with different ways to to continue to educate our kids, but from a distance. So kids will come up with some really bright ideas. And that's why I love working with youth because they, they come with passion about what they're doing and um, they, they don't have any limits in their thoughts. Uh, and that's the beauty of working with uh, Legos is that a lot of time we start off our classes um, where we just have Legos sitting on the table. And some people will look at that and say, oh man, this is overwhelming, like what do I do? But a lot of kids, they look at it and say, wow, this is an opportunity for me to create. And that's where um, the beauty comes from this is that kids are able to be creators, they're able to come up with um, um, amazing ideas when you just give them a little encouragement and support um, and guidance. We don't do it for them in, in the class. We encourage them all the time to do it for themselves, to make their projects for themselves. But um, we always are kind of guiding them and helping to shape them. And that's why um, volunteers and our, um, our staff, our volunteers, like getting involved because it helps them to kind of go back to their childhood, but then it also gives them opportunity to give back to our community, give back to our young people in which are going to be our future or which are our, our future in the, um, in the years to come. Great, great. Just before we continue, I want to make sure I get my, my sponsor read in uh, today's episode of the real steamy podcast is sponsored by Monoma ESD, which currently has a position available for equitable career pathways navigator. This position is pivotal in taking our regional grow your own educator network pathway work to the next level through providing direct support to aspiring educators, including paraeducators, high school students, and community members. This position will also develop the resources, structures, and partnerships to ensure the success of diverse, aspiring educators. MESD is hoping to identify a strong pool of diverse, driven candidates, and we would greatly appreciate you taking the opportunity to visit our website to learn more about this position as Equitable Career Path Navigator. Feel free to 
visit their website for their job postings, which is monoma.tedx, I mean, that, sorry, monoma.tedk12.com. Or you could just Google Monoma ESD and scroll down to the bottom and look for job openings, and you'll see the job description for Equi- Equitable Career Pathways Navigator. Um, as we as we go back, I do want to talk just real quickly because most people think Lego robotics, you just got the kids going around playing with Legos. What I think was what's really good about your program, and you alluded to it a bit, is that you challenge the kids and the kids are, are actually doing research as a piece of their uh, their program. So it starts with with building Legos and 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 building from a from a kit, but you're also asking the students, hey, you are building this. Why? Mm-hmm. You're 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 doing this particular thing. You're you 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 say you need to build this as a piece of your project. Why are you doing that? And then you you also have them draw it before you actually te- are teaching them the scientific process of 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 drawing of of having a prototype of testing that prototype getting data from the test and then making uh, additional prototypes to see if they work. I think that is fantastic. Can you talk a little bit about how you how you're incorporating that? Because you know I know you said more than a stew, but I think it's it's more than just Legos. Legos is, is one piece of it. But you're actually teaching the scientific process through Legos. Yeah, well, we try to uh, always use terminology that's in the field. Um, we we try to stay away from saying playing with Legos. We we say you're building with Legos. It's those little things that may not mean too much, but as they get older, they're uh, recognizing terminology of engineering process of uh, building, construction, design, uh, architecture. We're using a lot of those things that as young people, it goes over their head. But as they get older and as they uh, continue to progress in these areas, then they become more and more familiar with it because they were exposed to it at an early age. So terminology is key. Uh, using um, the terminology in these career fields are is, is so important. Um, and really the Legos, that's how we get kids uh, because so many kids know Legos, love playing with Legos at home and their parents know it. So it's easy. Uh, it's easier access for uh, kids to come into our program because they're familiar with it already. And they're not already saying, well, I don't know how to do this. Um, they're, they're saying, wow, I love playing with Legos and I want to be around other kids that love uh, uh, building with Legos as well. So, that's initially how we get a number of our kids into our program is just the love for building with Legos. Um, I think even at, at my own home, my uh, three-year-old, uh, we've been building all this time uh, different projects and uh, some projects on the box, it says uh, for 12 and older, but he's building things at three years old because it, for me, I'm like, just because he's three doesn't mean that he can't do it. It's just he needs a little more guidance. He, he Sometimes he can't. He doesn't have uh, the focus to be able to build for an extended period of time. So we take a lot of breaks and things. But at the end, of the end he's able to complete some of these projects. And I'm, I'm amazed. It amazes me um, because it's not only my kids, but I see it all the time with young people that they're able to do things that adults uh say, well, no, they won't be able to do that. But then they surprise us all the time by doing some amazing things. So uh, in our program, you know, they they do start with building and they start with being creative. We do a lot of activities where um, it's just free build. And we'll say, uh, you know, we'll give them a vision of maybe building a house. And we'll talk about, we'll brainstorm and talk about what does a house have? And a lot of kids will come up with all these things. It has a bathroom, it has a, a bedroom, it has a swimming pool, a, a basketball court, you know, it has all these different things. And we, we list all those things. And then we have, like you said, we, we kind of draw them out. And we talk about that as blueprints. We build the blueprints for what they're going to build. 
from what they envision in their head and what we brainstormed on. So once they have the blueprints, then they build to those blueprints. And um, that's the fun part because that's where the creativity really comes out. And, and they say, okay, this is what I, my picture that I drew. And then this is what I built out of Legos. And that whole process is, is really the process of uh, the engineering process, but in a really, really simplified form um, that keeps the kids engaged and they enjoy that. Uh, we do a many activities like that where um, we're really trying to just spark the fire. We're not trying to keep uh, make kids to be um, experts, but if they can be excited about something, then that's what keeps them engaged and keeps them want, wanting to come back each and every week when we have classes. Um, and when we, when we have our teams during the season through the first program, um, they, they work on uh, one, building with Legos and building a, some type of structured model that relates to the research they'll be doing. And that goes back to the, the challenge that is presented on an annual basis. So each year they'll have this challenge, they'll research on it, and then they'll they'll build a model that's related, uh, a label model that's related to the research that they, they did. Um, and then the third uh, step in that is teamwork. How do they work together? Um, and what we already know is, and if anyone has kids, they know that a lot of kids, it's difficult to share when you're building with Legos. Most kids, they're, they, you know, this is mine. And uh, so we're helping them to understand that it's important to collaborate with each other and work together. Because when you get into the workforce, when you, or even before that, when you get into uh, middle school and high school, you're having to work in teams. And early understanding of working in teams is so important. Uh, many of our kids come from backgrounds where they've, uh, you know, participated in soccer or, or football or other activities. And we encourage them to do that. Um, we're not saying that you should only uh, do Legos or only do STEM activities. We're encouraging them to be well-rounded, but um, take what you're learning in those other areas, um, those other team sports and apply them now into a classroom type uh, setting. And um, that will help you to be successful because now you're able to collaborate with others. And what we've seen is using the, the, the sports uh, analogies and concepts and applying them in the classroom has really worked with many of our students uh, because they, they may have more prior experience to them being on a team and uh, they were able to now relate that in the classroom and they, they really enjoy being able to work with other kids that love doing the things that they do. And that's uh, building and creating with Legos. Now, one, one other thing I, I really do appreciate that the program does, if you could speak to uh, really quickly, is that not only are, are kids building and they're, they're researching and they're building, but they also have to present what they build and what they research, mm-hmm. um, both in in the in the class when they're when they're doing their teams, but also at the competition. And you don't you don't speak for them during the competition, even at if they're uh, you know if they're six years old, they have to talk about what they build uh, in front of the panel. Uh, can you can you speak to that a little bit? Um, hold up, just one moment. I think we're having. A little bit of issues with the server. I think we'll still be we're still recording, so okay. that's that is that is a good piece. But uh, I wanted to speak to that just a bit because that was one thing that was big with with my son mm-hmm. uh, Jarvez Junior. He had a he 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 had a he had a he had had an issue with confidence uh, because he he had some speech issues uh, that that he that he's worked through, and he always had. Uh, issues with confidence because people couldn't understand him mm-hmm. when he would talk, uh, you know, I, so he just wouldn't talk. And uh, his, his sister, my, my oldest daughter, she was in the program and, and he was so excited just to drop her off. And you were like, well, well just bring him he can mm-hmm. come and, and be a part of it too. And uh, I know the first, the first couple of times he, he wouldn't talk. 
especially after he built the stuff, he would go up there, but he wouldn't say anything. And, and, but by the end he was talking and engaging with everybody and, and talking about what he built. And he loved being able to run the computer uh, for, for some of the parts of it. And, uh, but, but, but speak to that piece that, that, that you're, that you're really encouraging the students, not only just to research and build, but also uh, to be articulate and, and, and have confidence in what they're and what they're they're working on. Yeah, that that's uh, building self esteem is so important, especially with young people, because that's part of their foundation. And what we know is that uh, most people would rather <laughs> they say they would rather die than public get up in front of people uh, in public speak. So. Um, so we try to do it in a way that it's not like you're really public speaking. It's just sharing what you, um, what you created. And what that has done is it's helped so many young people to start building their self-confidence and building their self-esteem that, you know, what I have to say is important because I struggled with that when I was younger. I struggled with, you know, my self-confidence and uh, my self-esteem, especially in front of groups. And I would never want to uh, speak in front of people or, or especially read in front of people. So um, so I'm taking my life experiences and saying, you know what, what could we do to create a platform to help build up young people's self-esteem? And it's been amazing seeing the growth in uh, our kids from um, the beginning when we first start class uh, for, for a season to the end where there's been so many kids that, you know, like you said, um, your son, uh, Jarvez, he, he, he would be really quiet and he wouldn't want to share. You know, he was speaking up more and it wasn't like it was a, a, a dramatic change, but it really was because he didn't speak too much at first, but then he started feeling confident and start feeling comfortable around his peers because it was a supportive environment. And uh, after kids would get up and share, we would clap, we would uh, give feedback and, and things, and that would help to also uh, build up uh, young people's confidence to let them know that we cared and that other people cared about what they had to say. So um, I just think about uh, your son, but I also think about uh, we had a, another young young lady uh, start uh, around the same age that your your son started, around four or five years old, and he um, and she was the same way. Um, she came from a family where um, uh, English was a second language, and um, she was really the communicator for her family, but she was really quiet in the environments around other people. And she was really shy. She would really cling to her mom when she would come to class. And then over time, um, she really start opening up. And, I, and I've seen her um, really connect with the other students to where it's just like, you know, these are friends that she's built over the years and who now, uh, you know, she continues to stay in contact with and because she continues to participate in our programs and it's been amazing to see her growth because it's like now she has a voice and now she's, she's realizing her voice. And that is the biggest reward that we get that I get from doing this program and having this platform is seeing the growth in our young people. Um, uh, you know, when they can uh, go from being real quiet and shy to being out in front and, and, uh, presenting or sharing what they've learned in front of, you know, five, 10, a hundred people. That is an amazing thing. And um, that's really what success is because, because that's the type of growth that we go through in our own lives as adults. And we look back and say, this is what, where I was and this is where I'm at now. And we're just seeing that uh, start even earlier with our young people. So uh, building that confidence through um, doing um, activities that are public speaking, but aren't really, uh, you know, exactly public speaking type activities, which are building their confidence and building self-esteem. And we feel like those, those things are really important to their growth and development. All right. and, and, and I definitely appreciate that. I really do. I really does. As, as a parent, 
and someone who you conned into being a coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Nobody could find ways to get. I'm like, how did I end up being a coach? This captain got me. Um, but I, I've always appreciated that. Well, and, uh, I, I appreciate you getting involved because that's one thing. Um, parents are the first teachers for their kids and they'll listen to their, their parents um, more than they'll listen to others most, mo- well, most of the time. But, uh, you know, by you getting involved, that helped your son to understand that it's okay. Dad's here. You know, I, I can always uh, come back to dad if, I, if I'm not feeling uh, uh, very confident right now. And by you being there, you know, just saying, good job, son. You, you did great. Those go, those things go a long ways. And they may seem like very little things, uh, but they're huge to young people when uh, you're trying to build their uh, self-confidence. And that's what I saw you do on uh, a regular basis. But you didn't just do it for your own kids. You did it for all the kids that were on the team and all the kids that were part of our organization. So you being a part of um, what we have been doing has been very integral in the lives of many of the students that have been a part of our program. So I thank you. I thank you for for stepping out. Because um, a lot of time, you know, we understand that people are busy and they're like, hey, I can't, I, I don't have the time. But uh, before you know it, your kids are going to be grown and you won't have that uh, you're going to look back and say, I wish I would have gotten more involved. And we try to encourage parent involvement. But uh, one thing I have to uh, remind parents, though, is that uh, it's great for you to be involved, but let your kids uh, try it and let them fail because failure is part of the process as well. But it's not really failure because the only time you actually fail is when you quit. When you don't get something right, that's not failing. That's just hey, let's, let's uh, recalibrate or uh, try to figure this out and, and try to rethink it and do it differently. But when we can, can, we can encourage our kids to try it and step outside of their comfort zone, and maybe it doesn't work the first time, or maybe it doesn't work the second, third, 10th time, but then they try it that 11th time and it works, that's where the light bulb comes on and says, wow, I can do this. And that's what we need to be encouraging our kids to do is to continue to try. And if it doesn't work, continue to try, try again, but don't quit because that's when you actually fail when you quit. And, and, and that's what I saw in you all the time, Jarvez, was that you would encourage uh, your kids and then other students to keep on trying. Because a lot of time what we find in, um, in using technology, uh, for example, is that, oh, it's not working. It, what happened? I don't know what, what's going on. And you have to try to figure it out. And that's where the problem solving comes in. And that's where the, the critical thinking and analytical thinking comes in to say, okay, how can I fix this? What adjustments can I make? And if we're constantly thinking in those ways, no matter what we do in life, if we were a janitor, we still had to be a, a critical thinker and a problem solver. So, um, but it's just encouraging our kids to, to think in those ways because as they start building that muscle, and that's what it is, it's a muscle, as they start building that, then uh, they'll feel more confident in trying new things and stepping outside of their comfort zone. And that's where you'll see the most growth. And that's where we've seen the most growth in all of our students when we encourage them that to step outside of your comfort zone. And it may not work the first time, but keep on trying. Well, we, we, we definitely had to have that type of growth on our team because uh, <laughs> daddy coach Hall is not an engineer. <laughs> and uh, every time I try to follow those things to connect that, uh, connect that little rover, uh, we, mm-hmm. we were having some problems. So we, it always took us a second to figure it out. But, you know, you know, before I want to make sure I give a shout out to all the, 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 the parent coaches out there, you know, you had, uh, you had Curtis and Joanne, you had the mm-hmm. Tilleries, you had uh, Oliver Rose, uh, you had uh, Brandon, as, as as well as a few others. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, as we can't give a shout out without uh, giving a shout out to Miss Joyce and, and the other uh, mm-hmm. coaches that, that have been there. So uh, I wanted to make sure I took a second to to, to shout out all those folks uh, uh, who've, who've been helping uh, throughout. I mean, it's been years. Uh but I want to I want to take you back really quick, uh, really quick because 
you know, I, I knew I I had been around when it was you know, but but before building blocks was building blocks back when uh, you know you guys were were were, were doing programs over at Bethel AME Church mm-hmm. and, and and really starting this. But I, I just want to real quick, you know, uh, you know about about ten years ago, a little about twelve years ago now, man, time yeah. is going going fast. You know, it's 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 two thousand eight. The, the 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 financial crisis was starting to to hit America, hit Oregon a little bit. Um, you were a successful purchasing manager out at, I believe you're at Banfield Pet Hospital, correct? Um, when I first started, yeah. I think I was still at, uh, um, at. Oh, you're at Daimler. I was still at Daimler at the time. Yeah, so you were so you were you were you were, you were doing purchasing at 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 at, at Daimler. Uh, uh, and and then you moved over to Banfield Pet Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you're 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 making big money. You're doing uh, these kind of positive things. You know, a few years go by. You know that it's 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 the that that crisis starts to hit Oregon a little bit more. It's 2010. It starts going a little further. But you take a leap and you say, you know what? I believe in this program so much, and I believe in these kids that I am going to quit this corporate role. And start and maintain this nonprofit full time. Uh, what went into that uh, decision? I know you you have you have three children. Uh, at the time, you had two, mm-hmm. uh, I believe. Uh, you know, as as a as a father, you know, we, we're often like, "Hey, you got you got you know a bird in the hand. Don't 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 take a risk on yourself over here. You're making money right here. You know what? You know, as a as a black professional, you know, here in the in the, in the metro area." What made you just say, you know what? I'm believing in I'm believing in, in myself. I'm believing in the kids. I'm believing in this program. I'm 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 quitting this corporate life and I'm going 100 percent into this. Wow. You know, <laughs> I think about it and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I actually did it because I've been <laughs> on the water's edge for quite a while. And I would always poke my toe into the water and be like, I want to do this. Uh, Cause really when we started, it was just a weekend activity uh, that uh, my, while my kids were involved, uh, you know, I enjoyed doing it. But then as they start getting older and matriculated out of our programming, um, then I had to make a decision and say, you know, is this something I want to continue to do? even though my kids weren't involved, because that's how most parents get involved is because their kids are involved. Um, but what I found out is that I was really passionate about this. And even though I was working in the corporate environment and I made decent money and that money was helping to actually support our program, um, you know, I said, if I really want this organization to impact the lives of youth in our community the way I think it can, then I'm going to have to dedicate more time to it. And it was a hard decision, but it was the best decision I ever made because I followed my dreams, I followed my passion, and I stepped out on faith doing something that I enjoy. And it's been the best decision I ever made. Someone once told me before, though, that sometimes when you pursue your passion, it doesn't make sense. And I look back and yeah, it didn't always make sense. Initially, especially financially, because uh, in the corporate environment, you have a check coming in every day. Yeah, man. Nonprofit, that's not always the case. You know, you, you're constantly fundraising, you're constantly working. And really, I was building an organization. I have, and I have been building an organization from scratch. And that hasn't been easy. But it's helped me to grow a lot as well. So really, I look back at the things that I'm trying to communicate to our young people to to step outside of your comfort zone, to try new things, to um, be uncomfortable, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, I had to live those things myself. And it helped me to really grow as a person. And it's still helping me to grow because there's days where 
I have my ups and downs, especially during this this time where we've gone through this pandemic. And like I said, back then, when we were going through in 2008, going through some hard financial times as well. Um, I it, it hasn't been easy, but when you're doing something that you enjoy doing and this is what I enjoy doing, then it doesn't feel like work because there's some days where I'm working 12, 13 hour days and I'm doing stuff, but I enjoy it because I get to see uh, directly the impact that it has on the lives of the people that I'm working with. In the corporate environment, um, it's a lot of time about the bottom line, the bottom line of the company and making money for the company. But in the nonprofit social sector, it's about the lives that we're impacting. And I get the greatest joy out of that. And there's no money that uh, can make up for that. Um, yeah, I wish I, I would love to be a millionaire, but I know I won't be a, a millionaire doing this or maybe I'm, but I, that's not my, that's not my motivation. My motivation is really being able to change the lives of young people, change their trajectory of their lives. That's why we're intention. Uh, we focus on working with uh, underserved and underrepresented youth because we see there's an opportunity where if we provide the access the opportunities, the resources, then they can grow to be uh, the next leaders of some of these uh, multi-million dollar companies. And uh, hopefully they'll see that, the impact that um, giving back had on their lives, and they'll do that for other people. And really that's what it's about. There's so many people that invested in me uh, as far as their time and resources uh, over the years that um, you know, that's what helped me to say, you know what, I want to do the same thing. And that's what we really created with this is created a platform to be able to give back, to inspire and motivate others, encourage people to, to step outside of their comfort zone, to try new things and learn and grow and even fail because that failure you're learning as well. And what we've seen is it's been an amazing thing. And our hope and desire is that we can are able to continue to do that. Uh, in these hard financial times, it's been a little more difficult because it takes uh, finances and, and those resources to continue to operate. But, you know, um, luckily we've been able to uh, still have some funding come in through um, our, our, our sponsors and, and partners. Um, one of those being Meyer Memorial Trust uh, they've been so excellent as far as uh, understanding finan our financial situation and other nonprofit organizations' financial situations, uh, and um, they've continued to say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to invest in you, and that's been huge. But there's been a number of other organizations who have as well. Our partners with uh, Daimler um, have been have been great. Uh, we've had other partnerships with other organizations. Uh, universities. Um, we had a, a strong relationship with Concordia University uh, before it closed down, unfortunately. But, um, you know, Oregon State University is one of our, our strong partners as well, because what we see is that if we can continue to build these foundations for our kids, then um, if we can get them into college doing these same things, then they can get degrees doing that. And when you get degrees in these uh, areas, then you get into uh, career fields that are in these areas as well. So um, we're looking long-term with this. We may be starting at four years old, um, but we're looking at what are our kids' li uh, lives look like when they're 25, 30 years old. Um, and uh, so we're just uh, trying to continue to stay connected with them, connected with their families and support them uh, in different ways even though, like I said, we don't have programming, uh, uh, specific programming in the high school age, we still could stay connected with our, our students when we take them on field trips, uh, exposure field trips. Uh, we took a number of middle school, high school, even elementary school students to Oregon State University to see um, their uh, engineering uh, programs. Uh, we actually started uh, in partnership with Oregon State, a uh, Beavers Achiever overnight STEM camp uh, that uh, has been amazing because it gets young people on campus 
uh, like their their college students, uh, um, and you know, just by doing those things, it leaves a lasting impression. So. Um, all the partnerships that we've developed over the years have been amazing, and that's what has uh, helped us continue to grow and impact more and more lives. And uh, that's what keeps me doing what I'm doing, because other people are seeing that they can contribute in different ways that uh, can really change the lives of, of young people. Well, we definitely appreciate that. I know you have some of the uh, high schoolers come back and, and teach some of the middle schoolers. Mm -hmm and grade schoolers and service coaches, which I think is fantastic. Uh, and we appreciate those those sponsors who are continuing to uh, to, to invest. Uh, may, and I make sure I want to do another quick plug. Uh, if individuals want to uh, donate, all you got to do is go to uh, bb2s.org and you can uh, uh, become a sponsor yourself and help support uh, this, this entity. Let me do a quick. Uh, one more uh, read again before we finish the last piece of of this. Uh, this episode of the Real Steamy Podcast is sponsored by Monoma Education Service District, uh, which has just posted a position for Equitable Career Pathways Navigator. This position is pitiful in taking the regional Grow Your Own Educator Pathways work to the next level through providing direct support to aspiring educators, including paraeducators, high school students, and community members. They will also help develop the resources, structures, and partnerships to ensure the success of diverse aspiring educators. Uh, Monoma ESD is hoping to create a, to identify a strong pool of diverse equity-driven candidates and would be greatly appreciated those who visit their website over at monoma.com tedk12.com or just Google Monoma ESD and look at job openings at the bottom. Uh, so uh, one, I, I really wanted to appreciate that. I, I thank you so much for all that, 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 that you're doing. And uh, I'm really excited because, you know, kind of pre pandemic, you had uh, some plans on, and we're working on some partnerships to bring more of the programming to East uh, Multnomah County, and we were we were really excited about uh, some of those prospects. Are some of those things still being developed and still going on? Uh, yeah. Yes, they are. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, with the pandemic, a lot of things had shut down. Um, you know, some of our our talks and communication have kind of been on hold. Uh, we have been pursuing uh, moving some more programming uh, towards East County, which that's. Uh, goes um, with our strategic uh, planning is that that's where we see we can have more and more impact because uh, more and more families of color are moving uh, out to East County. So uh, we're looking at uh, the school districts on uh, Park Road, Centennial, David Douglas, and, and saying, you know, how can we uh, provide programming out in these districts to uh, work with uh, young people and their families? Well, 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 we're I'm excited for it. We want you out in East County. We want you doing this programming out out there. We want more of our our youth that are that are out in uh, East County to be involved and, and, and to be a part of of these of these invitationals and these contests uh, because it's really exciting. And I've I see firsthand the wonders that it that it does for students, and it really just gets them engaged and, and curious about STEM esteem. I've seen. Some of those folks who, who went down to, to Oregon State now are talking about college and when uh, some of the classes were at Concordia, just being able to see the college and, and be, be able to be a part of it. I remember the first time I think I, I went to a, a college campus was like my senior year of high school. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, to be able to see that earlier in life, it is uh, it is fantastic. And a lot of students are like, hey, I can I can be a part of they know that they deserve to be there. They don't have to feel like an outsider when they're going to their science class in high school, when they're going to their science Olympics or science competitions. Exactly. Because they've been a part of this program, uh, they feel that they belong there. And I think that above all of anything that you do is the is 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 one of the most valuable 
things right there. Is there is there any last word? We're coming up on hours, so I want to make sure. Uh, you know, are there, are there any last words or anything that you want to share with people that you you want them to know about? Uh, be uh, building blocks and uh, you know just, just just anything you want to leave with us. Yeah, but um, Jarvis, I really just appreciate this opportunity to uh, talk with you on the subject. I think I could talk all day. I, I love. Uh, I love this and I'm passionate about um, providing access and opportunity to uh, young people in our community. Um, uh, and thank you for giving me this platform to communicate the work that you're doing um, to, uh, to create more awareness around STEM education for youth. Um, so uh, when I look back, I just, I just think that uh, the importance of uh, investing in our young people uh, creating exposure opportunities, creating access uh, is huge because it goes back to changing the trajectory of people's lives. Um, my, my parents, they weren't uh, engineers or scientists or anything like that, but someone uh, it took someone showing me that, hey, I could do this uh, and I could be involved in this type of activity and uh, that got me involved. Uh, so there may be a lot of people out there that are like, uh, you know what, I don't, I'm, I don't have any background in this. I didn't have any background in it either, but uh, I just had a passion for working with young people. And many people that are involved in our program, uh, we have a number of people that are technical and that are engineers and things, but many people don't have a background as an engineer or a scientist or, or a program or anything like that but they just have a desire to want to give back and a desire to uh, change people, young people's lives. And that's how we get people involved. That's how we, I think we got you involved because you, you had that desire and we created an opportunity for you to where you, we said, Hey, would you like to do it? And you, uh, uh, you, you stepped in and said, yeah, I would. So uh, what I would, it just encourage people to 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 get involved because um, tomorrow's not promised. We don't know uh, if there's going to be another major catastrophe, and hopefully uh, there there isn't. But what we do know is that uh, when we are positively affecting other people's lives, that changes our life as well, and that is so important and so powerful because it's not just about them or it, it it's about us sometimes as well. When we can see that we're having an impact that gives us hope, that gives us um, a, a desire to want to do more. And um, you know, you can make all the money in the world and not be happy, or you can pursue happiness, pursue what you're passionate about and uh, you, you'll have more riches than, than you would ever believe. And that's what I've been able to do by stepping out on faith and creating this organization and continuing to uh, uh, grow this organization. Um, so, uh, you know, my thing is just encouraging people to, to go for it uh, because the reward is there. And, um, and you know, so. Your reward has been a lot and, we, and the work that you've done has been amazing. Thanks. And we want you to keep going. We want more people to not only go to uh, bb2s.org to give money, but look at their website, look at opportunities to volunteer. Uh, if you're a, uh, if you're a science or uh, STEM expert, donate your time. Uh, if your organization, donate your money. If you're a business, donate a, a field trip and a and a site visit. I love uh, it, there's yeah. plenty of ways to, to, to get involved. But uh, uh, just give a big round of applause, everybody. Antonio Jackson. The great Antonio Jackson, uh, PSU Hall of Fame. You know Hall of Fame there, PSU? No, I'm not Hall of Fame. We're going to start your candidacy for Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, great, great receiver. Uh, did some fantastic things there. He's doing great things in the community. We thank you. Uh, we thank Building Blocks to success. We're also uh, thanking Monoma ESD for sponsoring this episode. Please make sure that you are uh, visiting their website to learn about the Equitable Career Pathways Navigator position. And thank you for joining us today. Um, for, for all of us over here 
at the East Metro Steam Partnership. Uh, make sure you enjoy your holidays. Enjoy the new year that, that's coming in. Make sure to support our, 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 our kids as we're moving forward. And as always, make sure that you keep it real steam. Thank you and have a great day.